but I hate when I feel like this and I never hated you. Neurotica is a weekly podcast going to the deepest, darkest parts of the mind and bringing them to light. Topics range on mental illness, behavior, and perception, and more. Please be warned, many episodes contain trigger warnings. If you ever have thoughts of suicide, please call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Hey everybody, welcome back to Neurotica, the only podcast where you can consistently hear me bitch about my life, unless you follow me on Twitter, a friend of mine, on my Facebook, or just see me in general. Um, On today's podcast, we've got a really happy topic to talk about, and that's divorce. Uh, Hear me out on this one. Once you hear the story, you'll understand that it's a story of being down in the dumps, being lifted up, and realizing that maybe something isn't right for you. So I'm joined today by my friend John. How are you doing, John? I'm excellent, thank you. And if you are in the Twitter sphere of Philadelphia um, and you're a big sports guy, John, you used to run a blog and for a bit you had your own podcast, uh, Round Ball, um, and we're glad to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah. So John and I actually committed to a 10 game. Uh, six was playing together. So that shows you how good he is at uh, business decisions. Very poor with his money. Um, <laughs> no, but we're going to have a good time. And uh, if you want to say hi to us to the Sixers game, leave us the fuck alone. That's our time. We don't need to you know, be answering questions, signing autographs. We just want to have a good time like everybody else. Just look for the two guys that are really handsome making out in the stands. Yeah, we're we'll just people. Easy to spot. We're just people. We want to see uh, Markel Fultz hit a three for the first time ever in his life and rub each other's boners. I think that's a reasonable thing to do when you go to a Sixers game. It's very reasonable. It's actually encouraged from what I think they they sent out like a press release. Yeah, that I'm just totally making up off the top of my head where they just are fully into people rubbing each other's boners in public. Yeah, they haven't fully released the city edition jerseys, but I think I saw a leak where it's actually just a diagram of the best way to jerk off your bro. I would buy that day one yeah. pre orders. When do they- the pre orders open? Sign me up. Put me down for a dozen. Yeah, and I think every year, you know, the team has a new motto. It's, you know, I trust the process is unofficial, but it's always like, um, you know, like run with us or show you love. love. Those are a little bit older ones, but I heard this one this around is um, reach for the top, reach around. So I think that's what the official motto of the Sixers is this year. That's not bad. I know that they were very close to going with no seriously really show you love. Yeah, and I I know that these are some little bit longer hashtags, but I think when you become... That championship level team. Um, Three words can, or less. You can kind of, you know, get away with a little bit more. But we're not here to talk about the Sixers. That, that's what, you know, your podcast is about. Let's talk about the the deep, dark. Sean, why are you here today? So, I am currently getting divorced. Um, Let's give him a clap, everybody. Which is super, super fun. Um, it's actually like a horrible pain in the ass. If you can avoid it, definitely do that. But also don't you know keep yourself in a situation where you're unhappy um yeah so i, I before we even get into it whatever you say today, you have to realize what john's saying you have to do a little bit of you know it takes a lot of strength to say i know this is going to be a pain this is going to mean so much for my life but i have to do this for me and i, I want that to be kind of conveyed before we can get into anything else that although we're talking about something that 
me personally, like I, I'm dreading the day I get divorced. And let's be frank, I'm definitely gonna get divorced. <laughs> Statistically, it would be more surprising if you didn't. Yeah, and then you add in all my, you know, caveats like mental illness, and you know, I'm probably like I actually took a class on um, marriages, and like it wasn't like marriages, but it was like um, a sociology kind of class that I needed to graduate, and it talked about families because it was online. Of course, I took the online course. Yeah, um, but they talk about divorce and like why rates are high, and there's a lot of things that you know factor in like if your age is significantly different if you have different religions you come from different racial backgrounds there's things that you think well no like that's not going to divide our love those actually are the things you have problems about because you know like at the end of the day your families are, have different point of views or you know your different socioeconomic statuses those are the things that could hurt you um getting remarried is obviously a bigger risk because also you kind of you broke the ice <laughs> but you know i know i'm gonna get, divorce because i've got a lot of mental illness um my religion is just very angriness there's no real religion and i'm definitely gonna marry someone who's not white because fuck white people that's fair i yes. always i always support fuck white people yeah so sorry sorry to go on such a tangent that's okay. but you know i think you better than anybody i'm not even gonna interrupt you during this section just take us through the journey of how you go from you know bad to good to ugly to fresh beginning well, when I was a young boy, no, I'm just kidding. You uh, are not going to talk anymore. We're going to end right now. <laughs> podcast is over. No, uh, but my parent, my parents got divorced when I they split up when I was ten. Um, got divorced when I was, I think, thirteen. My mom got remarried right away. Um, my dad got remarried a little bit at, like a year or two after that. Um, my dad got divorced again. My mom got separated, but then they got back together. They're still together. They've been together for twenty years now um pretty cool for them wait are you talking about your parents like your biological parents are back together or no 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 my mom is still with her second husband okay i was about to say Um, because that that's my mom's second husband they've been together for 20 years um my dad got divorced from his second wife and you know he's you know dated a few different women he's been with the same with uh his girlfriend fiance you know basically wife uh denine uh for like seven years i think now um so i mean so that that became kind of normal for you to see yeah it was it i was not expecting to get divorced because i the whole time i was like when i marry i'm not gonna do that like what might be like my parents um and i never thought that like my parents getting divorced affected me but you know, I was also like super depressed in high school and then like after high school and then not really realizing that's what was going on for me. Um, I think that's a, kind of a theme of the podcast. There's a lot of things that we've talked about. And it's when you're a kid, you're surprised how resilient you are to things, but they always catch up. There's, there's no escaping. There's no, yeah, I turned off my emotions when I was a kid, so I'm fine now. It's like I actually, every person I've talked to was a kid and was going through shit. I'd say most of them would say, yeah, that kid version of me was stronger. Because right. you, you just you just think it's, it's not a problem. Like, I'm going to be fine. Things are going to work out mm-hmm. for me. So, And you saw, you know, two marriages on your mom's side. It almost became, you know, could have been three if it went a different way. Your father's headed towards, like, a third one. And I just, like, I just wonder, does your mom ever rub it in your dad's face? It only took her two tries, and he's on his third. <laughs> um, my parents are, like, super civil now, um, which, is, which is cool. Like, they... Um, We'll invite each other to holidays. They can be around each other without like wanting to kill each other, um, which is wild because my dad uh, cheated on my mom. That was why they got divorced the first okay. time. Um, you know that's common knowledge between. This is not like any going to surprise. You're not dropping bombshells on the yeah. neurotic podcast um, right now. And 
so the, you know that that and that was you know however many years ago it was and that was who my dad ended up marrying his okay. second wife was the woman that he cheated on my mom with um and then she like divorced him to go back to her first husband wow. and then they broke and then they split up again like it was it's just a whole like it really is like a perpetuating cycle like a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah of like people who make bad decisions there and there's always that common phrase of like if you get cheated on yeah obviously you're gonna feel hurt and end it but the person they cheat on you with that person needs to know if this person was willing to cheat once they're willing to do it again right and i i they that's one of those things you hate to say like, ah, that's so cliche you shouldn't blanket people like that but how many times does that play out and i i remember having a similar feeling like every time a relationship ended and you'd be in that like in and off period like if you were like close and you know you were never going to really fix things but studies actually say if you're in a relationship that had an issue and you broke it off and you came back together you're usually stronger but it's much different when you're saying like this person literally strayed to somebody else i i could never imagine someone being married to me cheating on me and then coming back later it's like right like how, I, how I wasn't you making just, you happy then so yeah how can you just show, accept like, that it's gonna change <laughs> um, um yeah people be wild yeah so before i got married i was actually engaged another like before when i was like 23 uh that was a stupid horrible decision that i made um to a girl named jennifer lopez <laughs> j-lo um and she was terrible like just ha- treated me horribly like was very physically ver- like physically and verbally abusive like literally stabbed me like i have like a a scar on my abdomen from a, ni- a kitchen knife being we're, we're not gonna glaze over that let's let's hear how Mr. McNish got stabbed in his stomach. Yeah, so I was married, or not married. I was engaged, oh, no. to, engaged and living with a, uh, uh, with a little like four eleven like Puerto Rican girl named Jen, who like you know treated me terribly. She had a horrible alcohol problem. Um, she like was doing cocaine. That was when I like kicked her out. Um, was when I found you know a bunch of like used up little like straws and coke baggies. You're like, man, she's going to Starbucks a lot and get those mini shots. Yeah, you have to, you have to go now. Um, But no, so one, one night I came home from work. She was drunk and like just running wild. So angry at me for whatever reason. She was just really unhappy with herself and took it out on me because I was the closest one. No, I have to imagine you did something wrong. Like you left the toilet seat up, like some really deserved stabbing shit. She used to really like yell at me if uh, I didn't take out the trash immediately. Yeah, if I didn't immediately take out the trash when it was full, she would like fly off the handle. If If I I didn't like wash the dishes right away, like immediately after dinner. I can't believe I have someone of your your crime history. I am like I am an absolute monster, like irredeemable. Um, I mean, like I think what you just said though really just proves the point that everybody knows men and women they're different totally different yeah like i don't understand why no comedian has capitalized on this yet i feel like this is uncharted territory gold material right women be shopping what Uh, i never thought of that before uh so yeah i came home from work one night you know really tired got uh i was just walked in got started getting screamed at and went to the you know changed out of my work clothes um and, you know, and then stuff starts getting thrown at me and then, you know, it just escalates. It was first, it was something like a cat toy. And then it yeah. was, uh, uh, the raw, the wrought iron, like uh thing from the stove, you know, the, Oof. the thing, the, I don't know what they're called. They're 
what you set the pots on on the stove. Yeah, like the little metal, like, circle-y things, like... Yeah, so that, there was a huge dent in the door that I ended up having to fix. Who even thinks to pick that up? Right, and then escalated to, you know, a long, a chef's knife, like, the, the bit, one of the bigger knives you would keep in your kitchen, um, and I was, you know, not expecting that to hit me, and then did. And I swear, I, you know, called 911, and then, of course, I lied to the police and said that it was not her, that I, like, had did it myself while I was, like... Cooking just or just too tired and co- yeah, like yeah. cooking too tired. Um, but I thought that was a bad People always too. report exactly what happened to the police. Right, that is what happens. You know, yeah. it's because because it's not embarrassing at all to you know tell cops that you know you got stat you got like a huge kitchen knife thrown at you by your girlfriend because you were, you were no John. From the way I'm hearing the story, you misremembered. You were just dancing and yeah. you just you tried to hit that. You I know, slipped and fell. Try to I fell down that, some uh, stairs. that doggy and you just fell right on the knife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah where down. exactly did the knife hit you? Right here. So like that. Yes. So where it's probably a little bit. Um, it's about an inch long of the west thing. of his belly button to a good degree, but yeah, that is a gash. Like that's that's never going away. Yeah, I, obviously, there's no visual component to this podcast. Well, this but... was uh, this was like almost this was like nine years ago now that I got stabbed. Yeah, and obviously you're you're more in the medical field. Like, what my major organs are like right in that area? Uh, they were super worried that I perforated my my intestines. Okay. Um, so I got like a, I got multiple cath scans, um, lots of hospital bills. That was really cool because I I mean I had insurance, but they only covered so much. Um, I mean, from where you just showed me, like that's that would be my thought is couple centimeters different direction fatal. Uh, I was. Like a few, I think I think they said I was three centimeters, maybe less. No, it was like two centimeters from having, you know, from going septic. So what would happen if you get, if you perforate your bowel, that means, you know, your bowel got cut open into yeah. your, like the rest of your body. And yeah. what would what you imagine happen when the sludge that's in your intestines gets pulled out of your for a reason. You become it's a septic tank se- within your own stomach. Yeah, is what I'm septic, uh, it's called septic shock. So I would go into shock and then and eventually you, die. And from the rest of your life, you, you bleed poop. I, the rest of my life would probably be really short. Yeah. Okay, so. So. You almost died. Almost died. Did not. But I'm this still is, here, this still is kicking. not even the meat of the podcast. This is the run-up. Yeah, this, this is, is the lead-up. This, this is, is the, the uh, this, this is, is we're, set, we're setting the table right now. Yeah, so we know With he a has, bunch of horrible, horrible things that have happened We know he me. has bad taste in women. <laughs> <laughs> he got stabbed. But um, from what I know about you is between the stabbing and between the new girl, you fell off the rail somewhat. Yeah, I got super, super depressed after my ex and I broke up, like from that, the stabby, stabby ex. Um, so after we broke up, I was really down. I drank, you know, six nights a week, uh, like out all the time, like driving drunk, like just making horrible, horrible life decisions. Um, and part of my uh, part of like my thought process was like, if I can't even make someone as terrible as her happy like then what hope do i have like yeah. what 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 is out there for me um and i just continued you know just being a mess and not really having any direction i was just bartending um you know not really you know having any goals at least so, you had a job to take your mind off the drinking yeah I, I definitely did not think about drinking all the time while i was at work and sometimes drinking at work <laughs> <laughs> but from what you described it to me as, you were trying to drink yourself to death. Yeah, that's and, literally that's the way I describe it. When and I obviously, about that's it. not necessarily a suicide attempt, but that is, that is just a and that's the the mental aspect of that depression where it's 
you know, I'm not actively trying to kill myself. I'm not actively being harmful in the way of like cutting myself, but I don't care about the consequences. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, I think anybody who's listening to this podcast can relate to these things. You know what I'm talking about? There's the very passive thought of I want to get hit by this bus, or yeah. I don't care if these you know I, drugs I, like, lead me into the I ocean. I thought about right? that kind of stuff all the time. Like, yeah. what would happen if I just walked out in in this red light? Like, what would happen? Yeah, and it's funny that you have this like disconnect between the two because suicide is. I took too many pills. I got a gun and shot myself. Um, I got in the car and gas. Stepping in front of cars, like, oh, I just played the fate. Like, yeah. I just stepped where I wasn't really supposed to Put step, but the car still hit me. Yeah, yeah. like, and th- that's a that's a very dangerous place to be because it's not the fall that killed me. It was the sudden stop at the end. <laughs> yeah, that's a very dangerous place to be because who seeks help for I had a shitty day. I want to step in front of a car. Like everybody has that at one point or another for the most part. Or there's probably some like like place of people in the world or just group of people that are just completely normal and fine and don't have these thoughts every day. They don't exist in my friend group. We all just talk yeah, about every, I honestly couldn't tell you. Minor tell you abuses what the, just tell you what those, any one of us. Couldn't tell you what that kind of person even looks like. Yeah. I imagine they're in our workplaces. They're in our movie theaters. <laughs> there are children are going to school with their children, but I have not met these people and they just scare the shit out of me. Yeah. I, I, I like can't imagine what a person looks like who has it all together. Yeah. Like, oh man, this really sad thing happened. I'm going to eat some ice cream and be sad about it for a week and then go back about my life. It's like, Oh, this terrible person broke up with me. I wonder if I could lose my legs somehow. Would that yeah, make me wonder, feel better? What if I drank two bottles of whiskey tonight? Like, what would happen? At the worst case scenario, you have a story to say you drank two <laughs> bottles of whiskey. That's that's literally the worst case. Scenario. Not I die. Yeah, Dying is no. okay. Dying cool. was like an acceptable outcome. Like worst case scenario is I get to tell people I'll that I drank poisoning. two <laughs> things of whiskey. Best case scenario. Somebody chanted my Spoiler name. Spoiler alert, you never get to the second bottle. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> chanted my name when I butt chugged three shots of whiskey. That's the best case scenario. All right. So, yeah, you're. this is the, the yeah, best part so. of the story. You try to kill yourself with alcohol. Yeah, we can relate. So, moving on. Uh, move back. Uh, this I was living As in Baltimore. I was, a sip of a drink. I was living in Baltimore when all this uh, happened. Um, then I moved back to New Jersey. Um, Horrible decision. Yeah. You know. It, it, it wasn't all bad. So, we'll... <laughs> So I'm like, just being a dick about I, that's New Jersey. Fair. Yeah, New Jersey's it's it's an it's an okay place where okay things happen sometimes. Um, so we so I moved back to New Jersey. I got a job in Atlantic City, and I met a girl there. Um, and she was like super nice. She was totally not my type. She was like really into country music and like didn't really like going out all the time. And you know had her life together. She was like going to be a teacher, and she was not happy that I didn't really have any life like life goals. Uh, beyond just being a bartender and maybe being a manager at, a res- at like a chain restaurant, which is, you know, ter- not like a terrible life goal to have because, you know, it's a stable career where you get you make decent money. But that's not really any kind of like goal to have when you're just a bartender. Sure. Um, so, you know, I got, uh, you know, we started dating, got like started getting serious. I decided to, she talked me into going back to school. Um, so I went to college and, you know, the, over, you know, the course of, you know, a six-year relationship, I got a job. I, you know, we got married. I got a nursing job after I graduated nursing school, which was, like, super hard. Um, <clears throat> and it's, like, really hard to describe because that is something that should make people happy. Like, when you get married and you get a real career and then you buy a big house. I bought, like, a 2,400-square-foot house last, like, this year <laughs> uh, or at the end of last year. Um 
and it's we it's just wild when you can have all that stuff and like still not feel like you have enough or that you're not that you you don't have enough to be happy in your life it's a really like strange feeling to like have what people assume is what everybody wants to be to you know have a stable career and be married to someone who loves you and have you know and have a house like then you have a new car and like just and a couple cute dogs like you know it's it's what you know people want and i was just not happy i was miserable like every day and just putting on a show for the better part of like two and a half years um just because we like we just have nothing when you have nothing really in common and the only thing that makes you want to stay is that you is that the other you feel like the other person kind of saved you and i do i do feel that way and i still and i probably will always feel that to some extent like my ex-wife is not a bad person she's a really really good person um she's just not the right person for me and i like feel bad about that like that's the thing that i really feel like the worst about is that i hurt her and like first when i first told her that i wanted a divorce um I was like at a lawyer's office and she was like looking up she like I had not gone home after work I went to like meet a lawyer just to like kind of like just to get like an idea of like if that was the route that I wanted to take like what would the steps be yeah and she was like tracking my phone because she because I wasn't at home because she would like noticed on like our alarm app or whatever that like I didn't come home after work a couple days like a couple days and I had like looked at apartments and like just kind of like thought like what i was like just kind of game planning for what my life was going to be like if i didn't want to be married to her anymore so yeah you you did a bunch of research and you know i i want to back up a little bit like how do you feel about your career i love being a nurse more than i've like ever loved doing anything yeah and it's funny you say that because you know a girl told me that and that led to a big way to my spiral but i understand it but I wanted to ask you that because this isn't a case of, oh man, nothing's going right in my life. I need to shake it up. You love your career. Yeah, I had I had everything. I felt like I had everything and it wasn't enough. Yeah, and I think, I think that's an important distinction to make because it wasn't a everything's going wrong or everything's mundane. I need to shake. It was like, this thing makes me really happy, but this other thing that checks all the boxes doesn't. And, you know, you get to this point where you're doing the research and you know there's there's something on the other side that is very hard, dark, difficult to do. But at some point you, you're saying, okay, I, I tried everything. You, you got the dogs, you got the, the house, you got the car. I tried to fill every void yeah, that, you, we have, you that, might, I thought, that I felt like we have. Yeah, and I, I, I do a similar thing where like, and not to hijack your story, but like sometimes when I think about the way I grew up and I was poor, like there was always this thing of like, um, I need to catch up to everybody. You know, I need to get the car. I need to get the, the nice apartment. And, oh, I don't, I've never had this consistent thing that other people had. And it might be something stupid. Like, you know, I, I bought a, um, an instant pot, which is basically a crock pot. And it's like, well, I, did, I couldn't afford a college to get this, but now I, I got this. Or I got this nice couch. I got this nice computer, the nice video games. And then at some, some point you're like, shit, I caught up a while ago and I'm just buying shit. And that sounds kind of like what you're doing. It's like, oh, there, there was no more holes to fill and this is where I think my life should be. It was a hole to fill of, there's, there's just not the joy here anymore. There's no spark. And it's, 
it's not the kind of thing where you start introducing toys in the bedroom. It's not the kind of thing of you're going to go to a counselor. Like you just knew the next thing. And I know the next thing, the next void to fill would have been a baby. Yeah. And I know that. And and I I guess I should give context to listeners. John and I are friends. So I, I know these things. I can talk through them a little bit to the point where it seems like I'm hijacking a story a little bit and you know, I'm not putting these words in his mouth. I, I know, but I remember the time you came into our chat and you said like, you made a joke first. That wasn't even like obvious that, and then, you know, that's how we are. We all diffuse mm-hmm. with jokes and you said you're getting divorced and you didn't talk about it with us. We didn't know, but I didn't I, talk about it with anybody. Yeah. But I think because I didn't, it was like the kind of thing where I didn't really want anybody's opinion. Cause I thought it was a decision I had to make on my own. Yeah. So everybody's reactions when I told them that I was getting divorced or when my ex-wife told them that we were told them that we were getting divorced was either that I was having a meltdown, totally justifiable like thing to, to thing to assume because you know I have a history of depression. Um, you know I when I was lived in Baltimore I saw a therapist for a while, um, and and that, you know that is that is a reasonable conclusion to jump to, um, and then the other one also a reasonable conclusion was that I was cheating on Kate. Um, well, I actually had not intended to say her. Name, I can go but, bleep that okay. out, but you know um, me, I don't actually yeah, edit anything. <laughs> I'll, I'll, um, I'll try to remember to actually take that one out for you. So, um, like she assumed I was cheating. My mom assumed my dad's girlfriend assumed basically every woman who heard the story assumed that I had, had been cheating. Not the case. Um, and I, you know, and I, my mom definitely assumed that because, of my like her history yeah, with you know with my she's dad seen the pattern again um and that and i assume that and i my dad probably thought that too um you know i feel like there and probably everybody thought that and they just didn't want to say that to my face that 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 they just assumed that um and you know that's fine and that was the only thing that really like upset me during the whole process was that you know people thought that thought badly of me um, um especially because you're trying to do something that is a ultimately the best for yourself b long-term best for your ex-wife because this is going to happen one way or another or she's going to get a, a very like you know uh, bitter version of you right but everybody is seeing this thing that you're trying to do to help yourself and to some degree obviously it's your decision first it's, it's selfish decision but i don't say that in a way no of- i i like it's the first time that i like would really describe something that i did as selfish so like i didn't go back to college because i wanted to i didn't like do anything really because i wanted to i moved down like to her like where her family lived where her job was um like i like was making a lot of like sacrifices and you know that was like to make someone else happy and all the things i did were to make someone else happy and like some of those like my job ended up being like a great that ended up being a great thing because that is that's something that truly does make me happy but at some point, you can't live for other people. Yeah, and that, and the point I'm trying to hammer home is she's not the bad guy either. Right. It's just that you you felt that like it, your sacrifices aren't either like they were take take taking. These are just things you were trying to do to make things work. Mm-hmm. And then in the day, you, you went to do this thing. You're like, I I have to do this for me. And everybody you love and care about is coming back to you. Just you know, either saying it's the wrong decision or you're bad for doing it. Mm-hmm. I know our group accepted it a little bit better than I think you, the impression you gave us about other, you know, areas mm-hmm. of your life. But that's, you know, those are the things you think about when you try to make big decisions for yourself. Like, I think everybody who's ever even gone through, like, 
any kind of breakup does have that thought of like, oh, what do I tell my parents or like what do I tell my friends? Mm -hmm. And you're not just going through a breakup. You're going through your paperwork, legal, like. Yeah. And like my parents had like a good relationship with her. Like they like, like my dad loved her. He was like pretty, I feel like he was pretty distraught about the whole thing. Um, And he like, the day that like she and I had it out when she like found out that I was like talking to a lawyer, um, which, you know, was, I, I, in my head, I like thought about it being like, like doing it gently, but I guess there's no like way to, there's no like gently way to say like, I don't want to be married to you anymore. Let me slowly throw this brick at your face. (laughs) (laughs) So she like called my best friends and called my dad and call and like, and like say, like being like, see what's wrong with me. Like what's like, check his veins. Yeah. Like why, (laughs) like, is he having, like, is he having a breakdown? So like when I spoke to my best friend, Chris, He was like, I really expected you to be like manic, like losing it. And he's like, you're just, I was like, I was talking like, I talked, I explained it all to him like this, like in a manner where like, cause it's, it wasn't like a sad thing for me. It's, you know, it's what I want. Like, I, like, I feel bad that, you know, we spent all that time together and for something that ultimately didn't work out, but that's just, it just is what it is. There's no like it doesn't like I, the way I thought of it in my head was that it doesn't have to be like a sad thing. Like, because I mean, it, cause it's not sad for me. Like I yeah. wanted to take control of my life and do something for me um, that would make me happier. And I just didn't think, and, and not even that I didn't think it just wasn't like my ex-wife wasn't enough to make me happy. Like everything that we had wasn't enough. So, you know, we sold the house and she kept the dogs and you know that's we're still in the process of the final like we both signed all the papers we're just like waiting for a court date which is like a weird it's a weird feeling <laughs> and i'm sure and i and, you know there's probably even people listening to this now and if if they want to say you're a monster at the end of the day that's that's, that's a, their that's right prerogative you know well, obviously and I'm sure I, there are people that w- there are probably probably plenty of people that don't believe me yeah and that and that's fine but at the end of the day like we aren't seeing the other side. I get it. I'm not going to invite mm-hmm. your ex-wife onto the podcast. I don't feel like it's appropriate. But on some level, like they, you know, they, they weren't there. And you're saying a lot of things like, you know, I, I tried. It wasn't making me happy. My wife can't make me happy. But at the end of the day, like, you just don't need to force things like that. And I don't, I'm not saying that, like. I was forcing it. I'm not saying anybody listening to the podcast, if you're a little happy and something dodged. But, like, you know, at the end of the day, like what are you really going to do? Like you're, what are you going to force it? You're going to just shut your mouth. So one person can be happy when there's still a path for her to be happy. You know, this path for you is the best option. Like, Mm -hmm. and it kind of even shows like you were engaged to somebody else. There was a, there's a timeline of your life where you, you marry the person who stabs you and maybe they didn't stab you that night. Maybe they stabbed you in the marriage. Like, and as much as we want a fairy tale, believe there's one person for everybody. And that divorce means that one person left your life or, the next person has to be the one person. It's like, there's always going to be somebody out there for you in some way. But I think what we're hitting on here is you got stabbed and you're like, this isn't in it anymore. And then you meet this nice girl that, you know, you weren't, you weren't with her for her money. You weren't with her just cause like, ah, well, who cares? I got to marry someone. You really felt it. But at the end of the day, you, you knew it wasn't right. And obviously life circumstances influence us all in many ways. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that, no one should listen to this and be like, well, the guy's just depressed and looking for something. Well, maybe he was to some degree, but at the end of the day, you 
dated people my, uh, that you probably didn't expect to date. You went, like, oh shit, like that was a weird period for me. Yeah, it's was, just the stakes are so said. high. Um, what what my mom said to me was that, like, you met you when you met Kate, you were really sad. Like you, like had just moved back. Like after it didn't work out for you, like in Baltimore, and you were, like, you know, pretty sad going out all the time. Like, and then you met, and then you met her, and she gave you like direction, and she like made you happy for like a little while. But, and you know, and all that, all those things were true. Like she met me at a at a really bad time in my life for me in my life. I was like living in Brigantine. I like literally drank every day with my like with my roommate who was my boss at the time. <clears throat> Excuse me. And like, you know, just sleeping around and being a mess. Um, yeah, no one should hold it against <laughs> you that the direction made you excited. Like, yeah, it, it sounds very robotic. Now she gave me direction. That's why I liked her. It's like, well, when people inspire you, you, you yeah. gravitate towards them. Like, she literally changed my life for the better. Like, that that was a huge change. Like, I had never made more than like thirty thousand dollars in a year, or thirty two thousand dollars or something. And like now I make literally more than double that like in my career. Like, and it's like, that's a wild thing for me to like think and feel. Yeah. You humble brag. (laughs) No, but I think, I think that's important. You know what? I'll brag all the time because I worked really, really effing hard to get where I want to go. to like get where I am now. Like I like, like blood, sweat, like blood, sweat and tears and like a lot of like hardship to get to where I am in my career, in my career, in my life. And I want to be able to enjoy that and like be happy, and yeah. I wasn't. Okay, well, let's move on to that. So, divorce goes down. So obviously, initial shock and pain in that. But you know, let's talk about where you're at now. And it's not been that long. When, when do you think? I guess I'm not able to remember time. When I moved you... out. I moved out May seventh. Okay, so um, we're in October. October, geez. right? So that's yeah, so like I, it's like five months. Five I've months. Been, we've been apart. We've been like apart. Um, so now I'm in a really good place. Um, I have a girlfriend, you know, we've been together actually. That was like one of the reasons why everybody thought like, you know, something was going on was that I started dating her at like the end of May, like May, like 27th is our like anniversary ish. I guess that was our first date. Um, and there's that bang, bang of, Oh, he's lying. He's quiet. It was like, yeah, it was 20, it was 20, 20 days after, you know, we, I got separated. But it was like, and yeah, it's somebody that I work with and she asked me out and I was originally like, oh, you know, it's too soon. Like, I I don't think that that's really like, that's really right. And then when I sat back and thought about it, I moved out and I'm getting divorced because I want to be happy and maybe this will make me happy. Like, maybe this is like, so like, why should I wait? Like, why? I'm not sad. Like, I'm not sad. I don't need to get over being married. Like, I don't need a mourning period. I want to be happy and maybe going on this date will make me happy and like now like she and i are are still together um like things are going really well we're going to disney next month um first time going away together like we're like it's really exciting like i get to be like i get to be completely myself all the time and she loves me for that she loves like who i really am instead of like who i feel like i have to be and she, she to some degree saw both sides of that because she was working with you when you were married. Right, we were just from, we were re- we were really good friends before in that short period where you weren't going on any dates at all. And now she sees the most intimate, vulnerable part of you, the the dating part. And obviously, I'm sure, I know for a fact, Kitty Stad has changed the way you approach relationships. Isn't but <laughs> being in a marriage has probably changed. Like, you know, it, they always say it's always about communication, but I think 
the hardest thing people do have doing relationships is asking for what they want. Mm-hmm. You ask for what you want in the form of a divorce, which people held against you in such a dramatic way. Which but, is fine. But at the end of the day, you, you had no other option. So mm-hmm. I, I'm curious, in this current relationship, do you feel like there's a big change in yourself? Or do you just feel like it's just natural enough that you don't even have to think, oh, I'm going to ask for what I want because I didn't do that in my last relationship? Or is it just, this just fits me better so I can go with the flow of what this is and just work in that way? It's weird not having to ask for things. Like, I always had to ask for, like, in my marriage, I always had to ask for things that I wanted. Like, like, do you mind if I do this? Do you mind if I do that? Um, like, if do you mind if I go to hang out with my friends in Philly who, who you don't really want to meet because you're, like, weirded out that I've made friends on the internet? Like, Which is very weird. You should not be here right now. <laughs> I might, like, you know, try to get my hands on your boobies. I mean, that's fine. You could whatever your prerogative is. I mean, maybe you have let you're playing the long game, and you just want to wear my skin as a suit someday. You know, that's fine. I would have told you that up front. You don't have the skin. I'm sorry. John. That's fair. Okay. You know, has skin swelly. Who that, that man? He's got. Yeah, that I think we'd all agree. We, we all want a little bit of swelly love in our lives. Who doesn't? Who just does not want Chris Charles? Not in your hands. Anywho, um, what were we talking about? Uh, yeah, I lost talk- my train of thought too. Yeah. Just thinking, so hot and bothered. Yeah, thinking about at Chips Welly on Twitter. Oh, dude. Just whew. if I was a single lady, a single lady, I'd ask him to put a ring on it. That's fair. I totally big get old it. cock ring on his giant cock. <laughs> anyway, um, no, but you you are different parts of the relationship too. Like, I mean, obviously, start a relationship. There is some level of like you know the honeymoon period. So you know maybe at some point you'll have to ask a little bit more, but. To be able to feel like yourself after not for how many years, like I, I get that, and you know it's it it is a little funny. Even our group, you know, you told us, okay, well, I'm going to date, and we're you know some of us are just like, hot damn, dude, like I just around, and we have another friend in our group who I won't get to the details of, but he was going through a divorce at the same time. Mm-hmm. His was a very different scenario. He was legitimately cheated on. Yeah, he was wronged for sure. Yeah, and he he wasn't sure. He was kind of in that between of do I make it work or do I cut and he's very much in a position there that he gets the power of whatever decision he makes he's right Mm -hmm. but he made that decision i'm walking away and it's like he finally said okay this is what i want and that's hard because there's still a lot of hard string it's not for you is like the same for you where you're like you're ready to walk away like he was like shit like this is what i wanted and it's kind of getting ripped away from me and i can try to patch it up and do this hard work yeah but how how will that like eventually affect it like affect yeah. that will that will affect your future whether you like expect it to yeah or not. and he, he he plays the mental game of it I'm, I'm sure he'd be willing to even come on the podcast and talk about it. i think he said he would and mm. but like i think that's something that you know a lot of the people listening right now are probably children of divorce i i know for me my parents never officially got divorced but they got separated and we're just always apart mm-hmm. and i remember getting lied to i mean nobody told me that my mom cheated but you get to, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, and just go, oh, shit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, your mom comes home one day, or your dad comes home one day and says, mom's not living with us anymore. And then next time you visit mom, she's living with your dad's best friend, and you're thinking, oh, that's nice of him to let her stay here. Mm-hmm. And your brain never puts that together. Right. But it was very clear what happened, and there's very clear why my dad never hung out with his best friend anymore now. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I mean, the, these things are so obvious on the other side, just like for you, I'm sure you were like, 
I didn't know that my dad cheated on my mom until I was like 23. Yeah, and then maybe for later, your own and marriage. Honestly, maybe later. Maybe I was like, I might have even been like 25. Yeah, and in your own marriage, you didn't cheat, but like on the other side, you go, oh shit, yeah, that, that was the right decision for both of us. Like mm-hmm. it's, And it doesn't matter how many times I'm sure you tell the story. It's like, you never really get that quite the right angle of this divorce is the best thing to happen to both of our lives. But, you know, it's, it's weird living in the society because I'm so afraid of getting divorced. Mm-hmm. But I think having the option always makes me feel better to know that I get to be myself and make that decision. Mm-hmm. And if someday somebody in my life doesn't allow me to, to breathe the way that I want to, I say, hey, look, I don't think this is right for both of us. And I don't have to do it in a way that's, get out of my life, bitch. I hate you. Or I just slept with somebody else. Mm-hmm. You approach it very much as logically, this isn't making me happy. And I want to do what's right. Except from what I heard, you were very generous. You didn't want to like you know, drag it out. You just said you can have whatever you want within reason because I know that I'm the one stepping out and I don't want to just leave you high and dry. Right. And I definitely could have like gotten some like sleazeball attorney who could have gotten me because we were married for less than two years. I could have had no alimony. I could have gotten one of the dogs. I could have fought for the house as a whole. I I mean, she offered to get, she offered me the house anyway and I didn't want, and I didn't want to like, I didn't want that like that burden. I just like, you know, that's neither here nor there. But you know, I wasn't I wasn't in it to like. He wasn't in it to I, win it. Yeah, I like I'm paying my ex wife alimony because she supported me while I was in college, and like, you know, and I appreciate and I'll always appreciate that. That's what that that's what happened, and that's yeah. the reality of the situation. I'm not just gonna, you know, I don't want to just take the money and run you know as a yeah as the saying goes and if you had had a child like it this would be messier so at least you got out the right time and i, I know it's kind of trending that direction and that's where you really felt you need to put on the brakes because you bring a child into it that's that's not you and her you know finding love and being happy that is the trajectory of someone's entire life can be altered by a divorce yeah or unhappy parents that try to stay together i mean i'm yeah. I think every Hail Mary baby is like a very common tale. Yeah, and everybody who's in a parents' divorce, you still at least feel that period of why are these people trying? Like at the time, you're like mommy and daddy should love each other. What's going on? But at the end, you're like, if you guys got divorced earlier, I think I'd actually be better off. Like <laughs> you guys just should have never been together. I should have day one learned how to live at both houses and two Christmases instead of on like thirteen, and it's all very confusing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like nobody's giving me the sex talk. I guess they're assuming the other one did it. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Like. And you're just crying yourself to sleep because you don't know why mommy's yelling at daddy at the kitchen table all through all hours of the night. Yeah. And then, you know, the cop shows up to your house. Somebody fell in the bathtub. I don't know if they were pushed or they fell. I don't know. It's a common story at all this time. Um, but, yeah, and I, th- I think it's very easy as me as a friend to say, I'm glad my friend's happy. You know, there is a lot of this, um, you know, grandstanding amongst friends but i i think if i it was bad I, I would say something or somebody would maybe not me i'm just get angry about dumb arbitrary shit but somebody would come to you and say dude what the fuck are you doing but mm-hmm. you said this to your best friend and he was just like oh shit you're not manic at all like this is yeah he was just like asked me a bunch of times if it was really what i wanted and if that was if i was sure yeah and that was it and like it's all good <laughs> yeah and i i think you know i had a, a friend recently who like they went through something similar and they decided to get back with their partner. This isn't as heavy as a divorce. And I won't give any more details because I don't feel comfortable. You know, so stuff, but they were like, I thought you were going to be mad at me as soon as I said, it. I was like, 
No, because I feel like this is the decision you want to make, not the decision it's just easy to make. Yeah. And that's it. what you have to realize at the end of the day. Like, you don't always have to support your friends. That is not the case at all. You should not think that. But when you feel like a friend is making a decision that works for them and it doesn't really, like, affect you in a big way and you don't think it's going to fucking railroad their life, like, you can't help be happy for someone who, like, makes a decision that, like, feels strong. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think we're talking in circles a little bit of, um, you know, jerk your friends off just so they feel better. But, like, I really feel like when I asked you to be on, I was like, are you comfortable talking about this? And you said yes. And that in my head, I was just thinking, like, he's going to present a view of it that a lot of people probably wouldn't think when you hear, yeah, I got divorced. You know, the, the thought is going to be, she stabbed me and we got divorced. But it wasn't <laughs> that. It was the previous girl stabbed me and then I was in this marriage that just didn't work out. Um, and I'm very happy to announce that me and John are engaged. It might be a little early, um, but we're in love and nobody can take that from us. Uh, as a friend, you need to sort support my decision. Um, but we're also an open marriage. So if anybody wants to get in on this, um, my number is three or two. No, um, no, but John, I think I really want to say thank you for coming on. Cause this I know is, this isn't something that most people want to talk about. Yeah, no, no problem. And no. I, I think you did it in a way that doesn't disparage your ex at all. Like you, you have nothing yeah, but I mean, bad, like she's, nothing she's, but terrible she's, things to say. No, she's, no, she's a good, she's a good person, and I'm, I'm not a bad person either. We just weren't right for each other, and that's not anybody's fault. All right, I'll put up a Twitter poll: Is John a bad person? That's fair. No, but and you I follow me at, at John underscore McNish. Yeah, as long as you get the followers, <laughs> it doesn't matter whether you think he's a bad person or not. Any publicity is good publicity. But yeah, I've always been the kind of person that says like none of my exes are crazy. Because they're just people that approach things different ways than me. And then I say to my friends, like, no, nah, that bitch crazy. I'm like, guys, I'm going to be shopping. Anyway, um, John. Yeah, I can't say that none of my exes are crazy because that is. You got that stabbed. Would, you know what? That, would like, be, that would be a lie. If somebody yeah. stabs you, you can say whatever you want about them. I'll give you that. All right, John, uh, anything you want to plug? You already plugged your Twitter. Going to get all the haters flown into your yeah, That's fine. Everybody can just tell me what a horrible person I am. That's fine. Sorry? Uh, yeah, I'm terrible. At John underscore McNish. Yeah. Um, why don't you give them your Venmo too if they're really angry at you? Ooh, I don't even know. You pay, pay to tell them how angry you are. It's just like you can tell somebody's really angry if they throw their phone at you, especially how delicate phones are these days. If you're going to pay money to tell someone how much they suck, you should never send your Twitter. You should only send your Venmo. That's fair. So they had to send you money just to tell you how upset they were with you. My Venmo is John Dash McNish. So ah, see, we, we missed an opportunity. I'll edit out your Twitter so people can't find that. And then they have to Venmo me money. Yeah, Venmo me money. I'll let you say whatever you want <laughs> yeah, to me, honestly. You can, you can write a soliloquy about how much I suck if you give me even a dollar. Like, I don't give a shit. Oh, I'm a little more expensive than that. Yeah, but, John. Yeah. John's a high-class hooker. No reasonable offer will be refused. <laughs> I'll take anything for some Taco Bell. All right. Yeah, you can always follow me at CodeRan on Twitter. Uh, you can follow the podcast at Neurotic of the Pod. And as again, I have a gift Twitter who's um, at I can never remember, so no one's ever to find that. All right, uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us and hope that your marriage is going well. But if it's not, get a divorce. <laughs> you'll, maybe you'll be better on the other side. D- Neurotica, maybe you'll be better on the other side. That's a great, that's a, you're, I want to quarter anybody. Anytime anybody says <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, so Venmo job ignition anytime you say <laughs> that phrase. All right. Good night, everybody.